Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You've heard about it, you've read about it, you've talked about it, and now you've found it. This is Alan Smith's Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio, the largest radio social network in the world, with your hosts, Alan and Donna Smith, focusing on driver health, careers, regulations, and the important issues facing the industry. It's time to shut down that big rig, sit back, and come join the conversation. Ask the Trucker Live begins right now. Hey, and good evening, everyone, and welcome to Ask the Trucker Live on Blog Talk Radio. I know you're all expecting to hear Alan hosting tonight, but he got scheduled yesterday uh, to work tonight, and I'm hoping he's going to roll in before we end tonight. But either way, I do promise we have a great show tonight. I'm Donna Smith, his other half, and I also have with me tonight uh, Michael Vanya, who's going to help me co-host. He's a trucker advocate and an all-round activist. Uh, Mike, Mike is actually, or Michael, is actually the perfect example of what we all say. Uh, we want to reach the general public and get them involved in trucker issues. Well, he's here tonight. He's talking, calling in the trucking groups, going to D.C. on behalf of trucker issues, and he's getting others involved who are outside of trucking also. So um, I'm just going to open – oh, boy, there's a lot of people on here tonight. Let me scroll down. I'm going to open your line up, Michael. Uh... Hello. Okay, there you are. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm muted. I, I like the sound of that. <laughs> Thank you. And, and and just for those who may be tuning in for the first time, just a little bit about us. Um, Alan's a 37-year uh, veteran. He's been an advocate since 2000 when he wrote The Truth About Trucking. Uh, he exposed all the scams of the industry, such as CDL, school mills, truck leases, sign-on bonus, stack reporting, you name it, it was in the book. Matter of fact, we can send anybody uh, a link to that book if they want it, just let us know. And um, he went online in 2006 with his first website, Truth About Trucking, where the goal was to educate newcomers uh, how to af- avoid um, like the pitfalls to the industry. There was no social media back then, so it was difficult getting the word out. I mean, you had a website, but you know, how'd you get anybody over there? But um, he did a lot of article writing, design articles, and different website writing posted in the trucking forums. And eventually, as the trucker was born in 2007. 
along with this radio show in 2008. Then came social media, and the rest is just history with all the um, advocacy uh, that, that we've gone through. Now, the purpose of tonight's show is to not only discuss the trucking issues, um, including two of the most egregious issues facing drivers right now, which we believe are the Denim Amendment in the FAA and THUD bills and the ELD mandate, but we also want to talk about the ELD exemption, H.R. 5948, and just want to see how everybody feels about the um, 10 or less, less truck exemption. But we also want to discuss the enormous efforts that you are all making out there, and it's really great to see, I have to tell you. There's many groups on social media, especially Facebook, who are um, organizing trips to D.C., educating others about the issues, explaining how to call your congressman, writing letters, creating blogs, websites, and and there's just a, a pretty much general display of passion and I, I don't think we've seen this much um, passion in, in quite a long time, if ever. Uh, in an attempt to display this, we'd, we'd hope to share um, tonight some of those efforts that so many have made, and we hope you call in. So uh, have a, a pen ready, everyone. There's going to be a lot of info to take down. Um, but all the shows are archived, so if you're not in a position to write it all down, you can always listen to the um, replay. Now, if you're listening to the show uh, via the Internet and you want to be a part of the show, and I see a bunch of you online right now um, listening through your phone, but if you're listening through the Internet and you want to be part of it, dial in 347-826-9170 and then press 1 on your keypad. If you're already listening through your phone and you want to be a part of the show, then just press 1 on your keypad. And what that does, it notifies us that you uh, want, to, want to come on the show. Um, we're going to take a short break and hear from, um, well, actually we're going to hear from one of our most trusted sponsors, Lone Mountain Truck. And I will tell you, Lone Mountain is the only company we recommend to lease a truck from. And, of course, you can buy the truck from them outright. Uh, so hang on with us, everyone. Um, we will be right back. You're listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith on Blog Talk Radio. Don't go anywhere. Alan and Donna will be right back. Hey everybody, Alan Smith here. Have you been driving a big rig for a while now and considering starting your own business as an owner-operator? Well, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. With a small down payment and monthly payments around $1,000 or less, you make the monthly payment and when the final payment is made, they hand over the title. It really is that simple. There is no big balloon payment at the end and secondly, the truck is yours, not a lease plan under one truck and company. So if becoming an owner-operator is your goal, do it the right way. Do it the best way. Contact Lone Mountain Truck Leasing on the web at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. That's LoneMountainTruck.com. 
This is Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. To be a part of the program, call in now at 347-826-9170. Skype users can call in by clicking on the Skype button on our show page. To be a sponsor of the show, email Donna at info at askthetrucker.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Ask the Trucker Live. Our show tonight is ELA exemptions and federal authority provisions. It's an open forum. Uh, I'm Donna Smith, filling in for Alan tonight, and I know Alan would much rather be here tonight with us uh, than called into work. But um, as my dad in the Navy used to say, that's the way the mop flops. Uh, On a brighter side, (laughs) I do have with me Michael Vanya. Uh, my co-host tonight, and as I mentioned earlier, we've all been saying for years we have to get the general public's attention, and Michael's one of those people. He's come into the trucking community. He's caught on to many of the unjust trucking issues and has decided to be a part of truck driver advocacy and activism. Um, here's the kicker, though. He lives in D.C. Are, are we lucky or what? And and he's vocal, so um, he's in many of the groups, trucking groups, and he even went recently to D.C. Uh, for transportation, housing, urban development, uh, the markup, uh, the thud appropriations bill, and uh, Denim was included in this, and he'll talk more about it when he's there, uh, when he comes on, and he, oh, he got to hand out information flyers to Congress that we had written up, and by the way, if you want any of these flyers, if you're going to D.C. or you're in the truck stops or wherever you are and you want to hand out these flyers about the denim, um, we have the link. We've been posting it. It's on Ask the Trucker, but if you want it, send a private message or an email, info at truthabouttrucking.com, and we will send you the link. You can print them out. It's a PDF. So anyway, welcome, Michael. To the show. Thanks so much. Thank you. Um, yeah, coming on a Saturday night. And um, anyway, uh, I know I know you're excited to be on. We're excited to have you. And just so people know, you know, a little background uh, about about you, how you got involved in trucking, and what made you come on board, and how you're getting everybody else on board. Uh, well, right, that is a great question. It's what I've been asked before. Like, you know, why? What motivates you? To, to, to get involved like you've been doing. And so I guess just to give you, hopefully in a nutshell, a little bit of background on me, um, I've got a degree in mathematics from University of Texas, and I've been a high school teacher um, teaching high school math and physics for 20-plus years. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually self-employed now. Um, I do private tutoring, um, good money. Pretty good money. I don't have to work many hours, so it does give me some free time. <laughs> yeah. And uh thank God for that um, for us, huh? I got uh I guess uh you know, I've I've been paying attention and caring on social media about various issues for some time, um, but it was really during Hurricane Harvey that I realized that I could actually make a difference sitting on my back porch in Maryland. Um I uh when Harvey uh was flooding Port Arthur, um I uh was able to get involved with the uh, one of one of the mini Cajun Navy uh, Facebook groups, and just involved in uh, processing information for them. So those, those boots on the ground, so they could actually go in and, and pull people and uh, and animals um, out of their of, of those floods. And 
I was very proud to have been um, associated with him and to help out uh, chip in at least a little bit. Um, um, during my, I guess my activism, if you will, just kind of continued during the hurricanes. Um, after Harvey and after Irma, I was on the uh, um, a couple of Zello channels, which was a, a CB app for the, for the phones that uh, um, that a lot of truckers were using, um, who were volunteering their time to get relief supplies in to Southeast Texas and around Florida. Um, and uh, once again, that was a kind of a privilege to be kind of associated with that. Um, and from there, we do, um, I guess it, um, my involvement went on to Puerto Rico post Maria. Um, Zello was not functional there because of the, uh, the cell phone towers all had all gone down, and so we couldn't do what we did in Southeast Texas. But as you are probably aware, that has been an ongoing hurricane disaster relief situation, um, and it continues to be one. Um, I guess um, to get to the reconnection with the trucking industry, I guess it was about two months ago, um, I, I happened to know a couple of uh, truckers from the mainland that had gone to Puerto Rico, and one of them, um, thank you, James, um, let me know about what was happening in early April, um, that week of April 9th, um, and so and told me that, you know, you, this is something you would be interested in, uh, a cause you would support. They, they, they could maybe even use your help. Um, and you live in D.C., so right. So um, I got I got put on that, and I got to meet a couple folks um, that week. And since then, I've been on a pretty amazing learning curve, um, learning about both the trucking industry and about how Congress and legislation works and what we can do about it. So um, yeah, yeah, you're um, gonna it's, help us with with some of that as we go. A lot of people. Um, or, you know, the process, the process is confusing, you know, where the, the bill's going, what you have to do, and we'll kind of review um, a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. I know I got a message yeah, that's what here. We, that's one of the things to talk about today is, is how this legislation, in particular these these two um, two provisions, and uh, as we know, Denim's got a, is a multi-headed snake, if you will. Um, it is. It's in a couple it of is. And uh, right, so we want to talk about all those details, what you know, what is, um, um, and how things are going to be proceeding, um, as well as you know what we can do about it. Okay, great. I got a message from uh, James Lamb. He's only got a few a few minutes, and I'm going to mm-hmm. let him come on um, as part of our show tonight to share the unity of all the efforts everybody's making. Um, and it really is wonderful to see because I mean, when we started, we were we were all alone, and it, there was no social media, there wasn't anything. You were like this lone voice, you know, screaming about into the industry and the problems. And and now there's so many people um, who are so you know empowered to do something, and and it, it, it's really wonderful. I'm going to um, – hold on. i got to find them. I've got so many people on the line tonight. It's going to be full. Uh, I'm so happy if to you hear that. Get, I'm yeah. happy to, to sit back and yeah, let people it's, call it's in. Yeah, it's pretty full. And this is just the phone line. I don't know. I can't see who's listening on the Internet. I'm going to open James Lamb of the Small Business and Transportation since he only has a few minutes. He's been making a tremendous effort uh, with the ELDs and, and a lot of other things too, so I'll let him – uh, talk to you. Um, hold on. James, are you there? Hey, Donna, how you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I know I noticed you sent me a private message saying you only had a few minutes. So, um, you know, I know you've, you've, 
well, you've been on the warpath with so many things. Let me see if I can. I, I even made some notes because I couldn't remember everything you're doing. Um, where do you want to start uh, as far as um, as what you're doing with HR 5948? And let's see. And then you put in an exemption with the FMCSA uh, for what was it? Uh, 50 trucks or le- uh, 50 employer employees or less to be exempt yep. back in February or November and then February. Or, and, uh, okay, I'm going to let you go on and tell us a little bit about what you do and what you're doing uh, for the truckers. Sure. Well, again, good evening to you, Donna, and uh, we miss Alan there. And hello, Michael, um, and to everybody that's oh, listening. Uh, well met. We, we sent them. Hi. We sent out uh, a blast uh, yesterday uh, about tonight's show uh, to all the people who signed our ELD petition. And it was about, I think it's something like 22,000 people. So I think wow. your, your lines might, might be lightened up because of that email that we sent out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, they're just about full now on the, on the call-in side. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, so those for those folks that you know that are tuning in and and have been working with us and has, have signed that petition, uh, you know we really appreciate that. And um, what what's going on right now? Uh, we have some breaking news. Actually, we have been waiting six months for the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration publish our uh, exemption application. We submitted it back in uh, November, November twentieth. And um, in January, they kicked it back to us, and they said there was a procedure that they wanted us to go through. That procedure really applies to individuals that are asking for exemptions as opposed to, um, you know, actual trade groups. But we went ahead and we did what they told us to do. And on February 1st, we resubmitted the application, and now it has been four months. And the law says that uh, the FMCSA is supposed to – publish the application in the Federal Register upon receipt of the application. So um, we have brought this to their attention numerous times. At first, they seemed to think they were not going to publish this. Then all of a sudden, they said they would. And a month later, they still hadn't. So uh, we kind of got um, you know, uh, fed up with that, and we started to talk to folks in Congress. We issued our press release last week. Uh, advising that we support the new uh, exemption bill that is coming out. And um, and basically now, lo and behold, it looks like that exemption application is going to uh, be published on Tuesday. And so once that happens, you know, we're going to inundate social media uh, and send out a bunch of more emails that basically says, you know, we're, we're looking for folks to comment on that application. That is an application that was kind of uh, a two-part thing. Uh, number one, it, um, it really uh, says, says that for all drivers, we really believe that, um, you know, they should have a choice between paper logs and electronic logs. And we've kind of made the, uh, the argument that it's really a matter of free speech. How you communicate your compliance with the hours of service regulations really should be a matter for, for you know, all drivers to decide themselves. Um, and for those that are working for companies, the companies can set policies, but, you know, the, the company then has free speech as to what type of policy to set. So, uh, you know, so that's kind of on the one hand. And then on the other hand, it's this, this specific exemption request. It's a class exemption. And, um, you know, because there's two types, there's an exemption for an individual person because, you know, the hearing regulations or the vision or diabetes, and then there's these class exemptions, and that's kind of like a class action suit. 
uh, type of uh, reference to the word class. So here we have a class of people that would qualify for an exemption, uh, any company that employs 50 people or less. And that could be drivers, that could be other people, uh, dispatchers and, and you know, internal folks, uh, safety compliance people and the like. But 50 or less is what we have, have requested. And that really follows a lot of the other federal laws that are out there that uh, follow that same kind of a threshold benchmark 50 to see whether a big federal law is going to apply to a company or not. And that's like COBRA for you know, health insurance benefits. And, you know, uh, there's um, all sorts of occupational health and safety regulations, OSHA. Um, so that 50 seems to be the, the mark. While we've been doing this and while we've been actually generating so much uh, discussion about this idea, we have seen this other legislation pop up. And, you know, we have a lobbyist uh, named Lawrence uh, Sochi, and he's out there talking to folks in the hall, you know, uh, on the Hill, uh, walking the, the halls of Congress on a daily basis. And it looks like what's happened is, you know, this bill has popped up, which would be similar to what our exemption would, um, would do except in, instead of it being about the people, it's about the number of trucks. And we've actually um, met with uh, some of the folks uh, in Congress. We basically have said that we think that this bill is a great bill as it is, but we would like to up the number uh, from 10 to maybe 20, because once right. you hit that number 20, then you're talking about, uh, according to industry statistics, 97% of the industry would be covered by this because 97% of the industry have 20 trucks or less. Uh, as it is right now, the magic number 10 will cover over 90%. It's about 90.5% uh, is six or less. But, you know, we, we would like to see that number go up, and we would also like to see a uh, redefinition of what a truck is for the purpose of this exemption. And so what we have recommended is that, you know, they kind of tweak it a little bit so that they define a, tw a truck as a self-propelled power unit as opposed to, you know, a truck being both a power unit and a trailer. Uh, last thing that we want is for 10 trucks to uh, be interpreted by FMCSA as five trucks because they're counting tractors and trailers as two trucks. So right. we've kind of uh, asked them to tweak that, and, um, you know, and we've issued a lot of, um, you know, alerts and uh, press releases, like I said last week, regarding uh, that bill, that we endorsed that bill as a trade group, Small Business and Transportation Coalition. Uh, and, of course, we're, you know, we're uh, on, online on Facebook and Twitter and, and LinkedIn and uh, through our website now, truckers.com. And uh, so you can, you, know, you can learn more about that if you're listening in on how you can help us. Writing to the Transportation Committee a quick email that says, I support this ELD exemption bill. Is, is the best thing that you can do. Uh, and we are seeing in response to that call to action that we issued last week to do just that, uh, we're seeing you know, uh, quite a few hundred people have already written to the House Transportation Committee and, um, and are basically saying they endorse, they endorse that bill. And we think that will open up the doors to kind of chip away at, at this thing so that even if you're a company driver, you know, hopefully uh, there'll be some resolution for you, you know, as well moving forward. And, and the bill that James is referring to, of course, is the ELD exemption, House Bill 5948, and it's also called the Small Carrier Electronic Logging Device Exemption Act of 2018. 
show. Um, you can go to truckers.com, and everything he's just spoken about um, will be up there, including the link to the, um, let's see, transport at mail.house.gov uh, to tell them that you are in support of H.R. 5948, um, and then you can CC support at com. Uh, but anyway, uh, well, we appreciate um, all you're doing. Sure, um, I have I'm, a quick I'm, question I'm, for James. Yeah, go sure. ahead, Michael. I had a quick question. Yeah, um, so um, uh, 20 trucks or less versus 50 employees or less, Does, um, is, is that approximately, we're talking about the same number, 97%, or um, is 50 employees even maybe even a larger group or slightly less? How does that compare? Yeah, once you're at that mark of 20 trucks, uh, if you're covering 97% of the, of the industry, you know, we could live with that. And, in fact, as of late last week, we were kind of giving up on FMCSA ever publishing our exemption, you know, request. So, um, you know, we, we were kind of ready to throw in the towel and say, well, you know, if we can get it to go up from 10 to 20 on the, on the legislation, then the exemption act, you know, really, you know, the exemption application really becomes kind of moot at that point. Uh, it's kind of just a matter of, of semantics. So, um, I mean, the idea here is that you want to have some kind of a threshold where you're basically defining, you know, what what is small business. And, of course, that's what we do. We protect and promote the interests of small businesses in transportation, thus our name. So, you know, we're, we're kind of at that point where as long as we're, we're covering that massive amount of, of folks, and, and, you know, over 50% of the industry is owner-operated. I mean, it's, it's, it's clearly, you know, uh, a majority of one-man shows. So we want to we cover all of those folks, cover the next group of small carriers that's six or less. This bill already does that as long as they, you know, tweak the language to make sure that they define truck as a power unit. And then if they up it to, you know, then to, to 20, then that's pretty much along a, a pars of, of our, our, our 50 employees or less. Mm-hmm. So I think if we can get there, I think we're, we're really good. And, and what we've done then is we have stuck the big carriers with, you know, with their own, um, you know, ridiculous rule that's overbearing and costly for small business. They still then have to bear the cost of it. We don't on the small business side. And what will happen is our members, our small business, you know, um, carriers will start to uh, see an influx of drivers that want to drive for them instead of the mega carriers because our people are exempt from the laws. So we we happen to think that this is a win-win situation for all of our members. And although, like I said in, in the beginning, we would like to see that, you know, this applies across the board to everybody, no matter where, where you drive, you know, who you drive for. Uh, ultimately, if that's the way the, the cookie crumbles, you know, then, then that's a good thing, you know, for, for truckers that invest themselves in, uh, in small businesses. Okay. Well, does that answer your, your question, Michael? I believe so. Yeah, um, I was very, very interested when you said that uh, that that 50 employee rule was a kind of a federal standard, and so because that 5948 is still um, has only been you know just introduced, right? Um, it is subject to amendments, um, et cetera, and so uh, that language can be changed in just about any way, from what I understand it, and through the markup process. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's not set in stone, and in fact, just as it's introduced. We've already said, hey, you need to you need to tweak a couple of things, you know, before 
just as it's getting arriving at the at the committee. But the important thing here is that this is not, you know, in terms of the legislative process, this is not a sure thing. And, you know, I got a call last week as soon as we issued the press release that we were endorsing this from an ELD manufacturer. And he basically said, come on, James, you know, you, you know what's going to happen here. You know this is going to die in committee. You know this has a snowball's chance in hell of passing, especially this late in the, in the term. And, and, and I said, well, I said, you know, that sounds like a challenge to me. I'm going to pass that along to everyone, you know, that I talk to about this, including the folks that are listening to this call right now and all of my members. And I'm going to say, you, you don't think that this is going to pass. And so now to prove him wrong – you know, we have this uh, – I forget what the band was a while back that had a Hell, Hell Freezes Over tour. You remember, remember that, Donna? When, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, but I can't that. remember who it is. I know. I'm sure somebody will pop up and tell us. But, you know, you remember that? We're, we're never going to get together again unless Hell Freezes Over, and then they did. I think it might have been the Eagles or something like that. And, and then, you know, then, then it was the Hell Freezes Over tour. Well, right now the SBTC, truckers.com, has a Hell Freezes Over you know, campaign to show, you know, the ELD manufacturers that we have enough people that are upset about this to the point where they will take action. They will send an email. They will call their congressman. And, you know, and, and that, that snowball's chance in hell, you know, hell just froze over. And, and that right. will upset people about this. So, you know, that's, that's kind of where we're going. But, but people need to understand that unless they do act, this kind of stuff happens all the time. And we have a plan on how we might be able to still get this through. You know, Bob Voltman at the TIA taught us the way you get these things through when you can't get them through a standalone legislation is you sneak it in the highway bill. So maybe we'll try to do that if we have to. Well, but, that's you know, the problem with the Denim Amendment. Uh, it, got, it gets uh, put in the FAA, the FUD bill. So that can be a good thing, James, on things like this. But it's a two-edged sword, you know, um, because we're, that's the other part of the show tonight, um, yeah. the, the denim amendment and limiting trucker wages. So truckers right now are fighting two fights. I hope you're on board with that, too, which I have a feeling yeah. you are. I think we issued something uh, to that effect a while back, a couple of, a couple of weeks ago. Um, Didn't you uh, send something to Marco Rubio? Um, there you stating go. That, yeah. So – you know, we appreciate that also. So, yeah, maybe you can sneak it in. I mean, if if they can do it against us, let's do it against them. How's that? Yeah, well, hey, I mean, if you're going to have to play the game in Washington, if that's the way it's played, then, you know, then we'll do what we got to do. But what's most important is that people back up, you know, those of us that are that are actually going to Washington, whether it's us or Michael or any anybody who's actually, you know, taking the time to actually go in and talk to these folks and try to convince them to do what's right, you know, we need your support. We need people, you know, behind us to, to basically say, you know, uh, we're with these folks and, you know, we, we, we want this bill to pass because this, this is very important to us and it's, not, it's really just not, uh, not fair for small businesses to have to deal with this. Exactly. Well, I appreciate you calling That's right. in That's, tonight, yeah. James. Um, I, I'm, I'm just looking. I, I, everybody, I see all your hands up. Um, we're we're going to get to everybody, I promise. Uh, we just have to uh, go through a few things. I know uh, Michael wants to go through a few things on process and just maybe a little review on denim and 
the ELD uh, mandate and also the exemption. And, of course, James pretty much went through uh, the exemption right now and what we need to do. But, uh, hey, we really appreciate you calling in tonight. Um, I know you only had a few minutes, and I'm glad you gave me a heads up on that. Thanks for having me so much on the on the show again, and um, and uh, and good luck with the rest of the show. Yeah, and keep keep the private messages coming when you have links and stuff because you know how hard it is to keep up with everything. So if people and and this goes for everybody too. If 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 you're on Facebook and there's something you want out there, you know the best way to do it is to send a link or something um, to us, and we'll try our best to get it out there, um, especially it's for, you know, the, the truck driver community. I mean, we're, that's what we're supposed to do, all work together uh, to get things out there. So just keep doing that, James. I appreciate it. All right, Don, I'm going to jump off, but if anybody wants to contact me directly, my email address is james at truckers.com. Oh, perfect. Okay, I'll have to put that in my uh, address book. That's a new one for me. Okay, thanks, James. All right. Thanks, Well, Michael, um, we've got a few people here. A couple of them dropped their hand, so uh, they're not. Yeah, um, if, if you wanted to get more callers in, because there's a lot of callers, that's fine. Um, uh, well, yeah. I think what we what I really wanted to do is, and I know you know we want to hear from people who are you know activists and advocates, and you know they've got trips and everything like that going on, um, whether it be to D.C. or um, you know whatever they're doing, and I at least want to give some recognition to everybody because we appreciate everybody's efforts so much. Like you said, we were so long, you know, um, you know by ourselves you know, 12 years ago, and now there's so many people, and, and it really is wonderful uh, to see it. But let, let's talk a little bit about the uh, process, the ELD exemption, and how about we review denim a little bit? Because, sure. you know, what happens is we you get two bills going at the same time, and, you know, it, it's hard to keep up, so... I would say that these are the two most um, priority type things, the denim amendment, which is going to be voted on this month in the Senate and, um, and uh, HR 5948, the exemption, uh, which is going to go to markup. How about we start there? Mm -hmm. What's the process? Tell everybody the process. um, Right. So that, um, so, um, five, nine, four, eight, HR 5948, House Resolution 5948, um, was submitted um, to the House um, by Colin Peterson, right, Um, Democrat from Minnesota, as the principal sponsor just last week. Um, So it's very fresh legislation. Um, It was co-sponsored by um, Gianforte from Montana and King from Iowa, who are Republicans, so it is a bipartisan proposal at this point. um, when so it's now I guess you know it's in that part of the process um, where it goes to the um, the committee with jurisdiction which I want to say is transportation and infrastructure committee in the house. Um, it, at, at that point, it, that's what I think um, James is talking about. It could get hung up in committee, um, or it could get um, voted to the the uh, relevant subcommittee. 
um, of of transportation, and that subcommittee is, I want to say, it's trucking and highways. Um, so that's the relevant subcommittee. When it goes to subcommittee, it can be marked up. Mark up marked up means that uh, amendments can be proposed. Those amendments could be to change this or that, add this or that, um, or to replace the entire thing with different language. Um, after it is then voted on and released out of the subcommittee, if it's approved, then it goes back to the full committee, the full transportation and infrastructure committee, where it also can be marked up. Um, um, and if, in other words, yeah, right, um, amended. Um, if it is then passed out of the out of the out of the full committee, it then would go to the calendar of the full house, where which is another hurdle to get it then placed on the house agenda to be voted on by the full house. Um, mm -hmm. I believe the rules committee decides the. Uh, I could be mistaken, but I believe the House Rules Committee decides on the rules of debate for legislation that's going before the full House. Um, for instance, with the um, FAA reauthorization bill, um, they opened that up to amendments on the floor. And so that's when we saw Denim being the Denim Amendment um, being introduced as an amendment and, um, and it was passed. Right? And so it was included in the FAA reauthorization bill, and that did pass the House because it was a very popular bill. Um, even though that amendment was contentious, um, and it it really that, was that, that bill has now been yeah yep yep mm -hmm. and uh, that I bill mean, has now gone to the Senate as, yeah but but we can talk about that that particular yeah no go ahead I mean it and it passed the House surprise. in in the thud um, uh, the thud bill also it was included Actually, in there has, so they have not, the denim amendment has not, yeah yeah. In, in the THUD appropriations bill, right, that, um, that's the Transportation, Housing, and Urban Development right. um, um, Appropriations Bill, which was going through the House Appropriations Committee, a different committee that's, that's just in charge of uh, how money is spent. Um, and so that was attached as a rider, and that was passed out of committee. So that was approved by the Appropriations Committee, but that's, that has not been passed by the House. The THUD okay. bill, I believe, gets wrapped into a larger appropriations bill, an omnibus funding bill. Um, which the whole house would vote on, but I'm not 100% sure if, they, if that's how it's always done. Well, that's what happened um, last but that time. That is not and the house, and from there it would still need to go to the Senate. And, yeah. We have okay. we have more friends. Let's put it that way. We so we really friends. have to focus <laughs> on the FAA, the Federal Aviation Authorization uh, Bill, uh, which is going in the Senate, and that's why we keep saying, you know, call your senators because they're the only ones now who can stop that. And that's correct, right? Mark? Right, and, yep. and we should give those numbers. Yes, ma'am. Um, yeah, the um, they had the House bill that has uh, the FAA reauthorization that's gone that is now in the Senate is known as HR four. Um, that is potentially going, I believe, going on to could go on to the Senate calendar as is. That is an option. I think that's up to Mitch McConnell. I think he started procedural motions to do that. Um, but the uh, the older bill that was passed out of committee in the Senate in 2017 is S1405. Um, right. That is the that is the bill that has the the uh, Fisher language, which only preempts um, meal and rest breaks, right? So it's not as right. broad as the Denim Amendment itself, right? And so it's unclear whether the Senate is going to, I believe, is going to consider S1405. I, that's what I've kind of been hearing um, or reading about. Um, Oh, but oh, versus HR four, um, but assuming in that they pass different bills, in a nutshell, yeah, there's more though, to be done in the conference. Yes, ma'am. Just to to really emphasize, I mean, everybody's heard us talking about it uh, already, uh, but 
just to emphasize, the federal authority provision known as the Denim Amendment, or F4A, if passed in the 2018 FA reauthorization bill, uh, which passed the House already, and we have a link to show you who your congressman who voted with the ATA for the Denim Amendment and with truckers against the Denim Amendment. And it's it's a pretty uh, profound thing to, to see who who how they voted. And this law basically um, would state that drivers only have to be paid the miles they drive, nothing more. Um, and that would mean no matter how many hours they work, um, you know, this is actually – uh, worse than the exemption on the Fair Labor's, uh, Labor Standards Act, which exempts truckers from overtime. Um, it's hidden behind meal and rest breaks, which is the ATA initially lobbied to preempt states who'd required carriers to pay drivers for a 10-minute rest break every four hours and allow them a 30-minute meal break after eight hours. And now some of these states also require carriers to pay drivers separately for all their time working, including detention time. And and that's the biggie, okay? So the meal and rest break paying 10, ten minutes uh, to take a break, uh, you know, I don't think was the big deal. I think it's the time working and to have to pay detention time. However, let me tell you, uh, these breaks are optional for truckers. They don't have to take them. They just have to be paid the 10 minutes and they can go on their merry way. They can waive their break. Uh, however, the the really sneaky thing about this is the ATA um, and Jeff Denham, who introduced the Denham Amendment out of California, he's out of California, is deliberately lying and misleading drivers, telling them that they'll be forced off the road. They're going to have to stop uh, to take this break, and you know they're going to lose time and finding parking. You know, creating a a crisis scenario in drivers' mind, like, oh, God, no, we don't want the Denim Amendment. They're going to make a stop um, every four hours. That is not true. You only have to be paid for it. You don't have to stop. So it's the part about paying for detention time that they don't want to do. So the Denim Amendment is a poison pill. You need to call your senators, 202-224-3121. Do you want to add anything to that, Um Michael, or does that pretty much cover? No, it no, no ma'am. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get let's get some callers in. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm going to start with area code nine oh one. Okay, yes. area Good code nine oh one. Hey, Jerry. Yeah, this is your. Yeah, this is Jerry okay. Fritz. Michael, thank you very much for coming on board. And by the way. Yeah. Uh, your disaster relief and working with us. I was new volunteer of the year at American Red Cross one year when I was disabled on a, on a, on a job thing. So I have that heart too. The uh, Denim Amendment, some of what we're afraid of is that it's so broad-based. You know, no one answers this question for us. I go to things like, how does this affect workers' comp? which is individual in every state. How does this affect even unemployment? How does this affect any number of things? Have we, are they about to, if they could get denim, will they actually be turning 
not only interstate, but intrastate truck drivers almost into some type of labor law orphans. Who would we belong to? Could this be extrapolated? Well, the state can't tell us on a workers' comp thing. I've gone through two honest workers' workers' comp cases. That is a nightmare. And a lot of these employers, I know of a couple that got, they were from Florida, they were seriously injured in a wreck in Texas, and their company sent people in to carry them out of the hospital back to Florida to get them within the Florida's workers' comp. It's a nasty, nasty deal. And for drivers who think that this workers' comp thing is kind of a nebulous type thing, don't think that, folks. I've been in this 52 years full-time. I'm third generation. I've been through twice I've been told I'll never drive again and never work again. And I'm still out here full-time, recovering from an operation right now, and I'll still be out there full-time. This is a very, very dangerous business. Bureau of Labor Statistics will show you that time loss injuries, the trucking industry leads, back when I did the research, it's a 9 to 4 ratio, where construction has 40,000 time loss injuries a year. Trucking has 90,000. We lead the in American industry in the number of fatalities on the job. So this is important to ask. If they're going to have a denim amendment, they're going to take us away from our state's rights there are some very Pardon? serious questions that need to mm-hmm. be asked, in my opinion. Um, you want to take that, Michael? I was screening calls, uh, Jerry, sure, while you sure. were talking. Yeah, no, um, yeah um, well, um, I think um, if you if you look at the um, if you watch the uh, the floor debate on the Denim Amendment and the FAA reauthorization bill, I want to say, darn, I don't remember the day, April twenty sixth or something like that. Um, Representative DeFazio, who was leading the floor fight against it um, from Oregon, um, was saying this is an extremely broad preemption. Um, it, that was his the very first thing he said. This is really, really, really broad. And he didn't elaborate, and I've been wondering what, what he meant by that ever since. And I think you've helped explain that. Right? There's other state laws that could potentially be preempted with concerning interstate, uh, interstate truck drivers. Right. And yes. um, I guess to clarify, what I understand is that there are the way the, the language is. It's it refers back to um, uh, the, the definition of truck drivers in the in the Fair, in the Fair Labor Standards Act. Uh, that 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 refers to that class of of workers right. that are that Donna mentioned that are exempt from overtime pay and things like that. It, um, it's one more nail in the coffin. To, yeah. Yeah. And I understand that uh, that comes to include more than just your actual drivers that are driving between states. I, I believe, from what I understand, that ports are considered like, you know, um, maybe national, international. And so anyone's driving out of a port, port of Los Angeles in California, in California as soon as they drive out of the port, they're interstate, um, as well as potentially shipping, um, if you're hauling interstate goods. If you're shipping goods that are going between states, you're technically an interstate, you're involved with interstate commerce. But, um I, I, I'm gonna yeah. Get back to you. And yeah. Well, oh, Jerry, um, did you want to say yeah. anything else? Um, 
Well, I'll just add this. Uh, Michael hadn't sure. seen this. In both my honest workers' comp case, and one I was in the hospital in Sacramento, California, 13 days, so you can't deny that, mm-hmm. you would be surprised at the debate that goes on between the different states. I live in Tennessee. I was hired in Arkansas. I worked for a carrier out of Florida, and I'm injured in California. That part is already a nightmare. And all it takes mm-hmm. is a little reinter. Remember, the law is the law, but it's how the law is interpreted is what the law really is. Mm-hmm. So we've already got a nightmare going on there anyway. And, you and know, I, I was injured up at, yeah, in New York State. They put I, that I, one in Florida, and I'm like, what's going on here? Well, you know so what? We, we were just this dis- is a real problem. We were just yeah. discussing this. We had a meeting uh, yesterday, and we are in the process of putting together a um, a very, very um, qualified is, is an understatement. Dedicated is really the word of lawyers together. A referral and one of the specialties is for those who are hurt on the job and who have the exact problems you were talking about with the different yeah. states and so forth. Uh, hopefully, we're going to have this uh, list uh, so that no matter what your problem is, what your issue is in regards to um, law, whether it be you know hurt on the job, compensation, whatever. Um, we're going to have this this list out, and we are going to just put it out there for everybody, because there's too many lawyers not on the side of the professional driver, and I think this is going to help tremendously. And I, I really can't wait. We have a, a, a meeting next week, another meeting, um, and uh, another group involved is um, Real Women in Trucking. So we're working together to um, get this this list together for everybody. So um, with that okay. being said, um, anything else, Jerry? No, that's uh, – by the way, the insurance companies and the employers, they go shopping for which state they're going to get the best deal from. So I'm glad you're up to that. Thank you for the time. Michael, welcome aboard. We appreciate your help. Yeah, Thank you can uh, – I can – I can leave your mic um, open, Jerry. Uh, I'm going to open. Mm, um, sure. I'm going to call. I'll get another caller on. First, we'll get Pat, and then we're going to get Brian. Uh, <laughs> hey, Pat, how are you tonight? I'm doing fairly well. I'm a little bit alarmed by all of this. Um, I think we we've got to decide what direction we're going to go in. Because we're going in two different opposite directions right now. We're fighting denim because we're concerned about how it's going to limit our ability to earn in many ways. But then we're going to fight against the ELD. Let me elaborate here. I've got an ELD. I hate the damn thing. It asks me all these ridiculous questions. I don't want a computer asking me questions. But other than that, it does the job it's supposed to do. It, it monitors the movement of me, a commercial driver, who is on the job performing a job. This is no different than having a supervisor looking over your shoulder while you're on the assembly line, okay? I work a 24-hour duty cycle. 
I'm at work 24 hours a day. Put a camera in my truck. I don't care. As long as I have my privacy back in the sleeper, not an issue. I'm at work. Problem is, I don't get paid enough to be at work 24 hours a day, and that's the issue. Now, it is the issue. The laws, of, the laws of supply and demand, they're unwritten, but they're indisputable. They have been in place for hundreds of years. If you put more supply into the market than the market demands, the value of supply goes down. This is where the ELD helps us. It's on our side. It works for us. What did we start seeing last summer? We started seeing rates go up. Why? I think a lot of that reason is because people started going to the ELD. They could no longer be black market bootleggers, okay, running outlaw, putting, putting unneeded capacity in the market, okay. We, we took out capacity with the ELD, and now we want to put capacity back in the market? We're crying out loud. These company drivers are getting raises. I want the company drivers to make more. If the company has to charge more to haul freight, then I can charge more to haul freight. I get a raise. Yay. Okay, I'm not but, out here just for the heck of it. But the problem, the problem is the ELD would be great because it would record all waiting time at the docks and any time work uh, takes place other than driving. However, if the denim is uh, allowed to remain uh, in in the FAA bill, then it doesn't matter if you have an ELD or not, and if it shows you waiting at the dock 10 hours, doesn't matter. You're not going to get paid for it because legally it would say that the carriers do not have to pay you anything more than the miles you drive. So, um, you know, there's a lot of issues why people don't want an ELD uh it's a lot of it's the 14 hour clock um it's, I'm all for it's, the 14 hour clock it's a beautiful thing See, you the think the is, Alan said Alan I wish you were on the show money. last week he said it's the worst thing you know, that ever happened show last week uh well, the week before anyways that's neither here nor there um uh you know we are at work 24 hours a day, but we don't get paid for being at work 24 well, hours a day. Well, the issue is so wages. Got, we, we, we've got to cheat so that we make money. And when we cheat, we put more capacity in the market, and our value goes down. Okay, it's right. beautiful. I, can, I, can I, I don't think people a week at I don't think people cheat hour. just to make money, Pat. They, they I cheat did, Donna. To, Huh? I do too. I did. I ran two logbooks. I was a master of two logbooks. I broke every law that there is to break. I ran two logbooks constantly so that I'd have more hours to make more money to make myself more available. Pat is exactly okay. right. The more we make ourselves available, the less we're worth. And I think Michael, our guest here, will tell you that's a law that's a mathematical law and an economic law. And by the way, the 14-hour rule, I know, I have to live with it too. But think about this. The point that Pat is making is the pay. If we were paid enough, we'd only have to work eight hours a day. Oh, I, and Why I are was we gonna fighting get to that. for 16? I don't I know, but we aren't going to get to it by finding a way of working more. That's the wrong direction. 
You know the railroaders, get this, the railroaders used to work a 16-hour day. Through negotiations, they lowered to a 14-hour day. Now they're down to a 12-hour day, and they get paid for every hour, and there is no shortage of locomotive engineers hauling freight. Well, here's the deal. If drivers and wages really is is behind all of this, almost everything you talk about, wages is behind it. If if drivers were paid what they're supposed to be, they haven't had a raise since the 80s, I think it, they should, if you accounted for the cost of living and um, things like that, they'd be up to $100,000 a year compared to 1980 wages. It's actually $111,000. Donna, remember where I came from, an old teamster? There was a time that the over-the-road truck driver and an over-the-road locomotive engineer, it was called the policy of parity back in the old days. Like jobs paid similar, like electrician and a plumber were paid similar. The Teamsters, naturally, and I'm 50-50 with that, they would fight for the, the union over-the-road driver to have the same wages as a locomotive engineer. Here comes parity. Then when it comes negotiations for locomotive engineers, they would fight for the same pay. And by the way, look in the Department of Bureau of Labor Statistics about eight years ago. At the 90 percentile level, an over-the-road locomotive engineer was, was earning 110000 a year. Look at the LTL carriers in the trucking business, and they're all way over 100000 And they work a very legal week. Right. They can well, afford to operate legally. They're not only really that, they're required to operate legally. And this is oh, where yeah. they get lost. I applied for a driver's license. I was granted a driver's license. It's a privilege given to me. I applied for a CDL. It was a privilege granted me. I agreed to operate in compliance with the law. Otherwise, they can take my license away from me. A carrier is no different. They applied for authority. We can take your authority away if you don't operate in compliance with the law. So we all agreed to operate in compliance with the law, and now we're going to cry about the, the agreement, the arrangement we made? Why are we crying about it? We're crying well, let's because get we can't another, afford to let's operate get a, in the law. <laughs> okay. Let's get another, uh, another caller on the line. I'll leave your line open because it is an open forum. Um, let me see. I want to get... Brian, let me find him. Oh, here he is. Hi, Brian. How are you? Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Are you catching all this? <laughs> I am. I'm okay, so, laughing. Okay, tell me. Let's put your two cents into it. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, nobody wants to work harder. Right. I mean, nobody wants to work longer. So um, I don't think there's any real problem with the 14 hour clock as far as, you know, 14 hours. Me personally, I think it's plenty of time. It's just the way that the clock takes down is inappropriate. You know, I really think that we need to have a, you know, if I stop the truck and I get a two hour nap, I think the clock should stop ticking away. And in fact, that should be credited back to those two hours while I slept. But, uh, you know, the cheating log books to make money thing. Um, I can't agree or disagree with it because 
I've done it myself too, but I guess it depends on how you look at it. Am I cheating it to make more money or am I cheating it to get the job done that I already said I would take? So, I mean, uh, if I take a load and I get held up, then yeah, I probably cheated the logbook to make up for the time that I was held up at a customer or shipper. At the end of the day, I think we need to hold the customers and the shippers more accountable. And Absolutely. We need, to, and we need some serious reform in the hours of service, which coincidentally enough, I go down to D.C. every month. And our next month's uh, meeting, we actually are uh, submitting three separate proposals for hours of service to the FMCSA. We've been working with them over the last two months, and they told us basically how the process works and how to do it. And so we have three separate proposals drafted, and we're going to submit them. And uh, after we submit them, we'll release the details out publicly of what it looks like. We've just got to protect our interests. So we want to sure. submit them first, and then we'll, then we'll release it publicly what we've submitted. Um, and, you know, I'm sure some people get upset about that, but there's no need to. Anybody individually can do any type of hours of service submittal. The FMCSA straight up told us in the meeting in, uh, that we had in May that they literally don't have a clue what they're doing. That's literally what their words were to us was, we don't have a clue what to do with hours of service. We're completely lost. We didn't know it was a problem until the ELT mandate came out. And so um, now they are working very hard on trying to figure something out, but there's a lot involved. They have to do sleep studies. They have to, there's a whole process that they have to go through. But at the time that we talked to them last month, only one group had put in a hours of service submittal, only one group, and that was OIDA. They were the only ones to put in an hours of service uh, submittal. So obviously me and a couple other people I work closely with, um, we have developed three separate proposals and we're submitting three separate ones uh, based on feedback from drivers and companies. Um, so we're submitting all three. We're not choosing one amongst ourselves that we think is best. We chose all three that were developed based on feedback from others. And because so many different people have different ideas, we wanted to try to be as inclusive as possible with it. So we'll release those three proposals publicly after we submit them. But right now we've got to kind of keep it close to the chest just to protect our, you know, personal interest in that. Sure. In that well, fashion. But. Well, a question. Um, now we know you're on um, Facebook. Do you also have a website? Um, what is your Facebook group and what is your website if you have one? Well, right now I'm more of a individual. So, uh, there's not really a, uh, a group per se. There's an event that I'm working on, um, which is the That's a Big Ten Four on DC. If you're not familiar with it, I suggest you go check it out. Again, they're called That's a Big Ten Four on DC. It's an event that's going to be happening October 4th and 6th down in DC. Um, it's a public awareness event. We'll actually be talking about it from uh, out on the 8 o'clock show here on Gear Jammer. Um, I believe we have the entire show as discussion on 10-4. And then also, personally, I have a, a Facebook page called uh, Two Scoops of Trucking. And all that is, though, it's, it's just for fun. It's not a uh, it's not a political page or nothing like that. It's just uh, take a picture of your truck sitting in a cool spot and get everybody to give you a thumbs up to, shit, to pretend they love you, I guess. <laughs> well, I well, have we a love question. You, yeah, I like the idea that you submitted those um, three proposals for the HOS. When did the FMCSA say they would get back to you on that? We haven't submitted it yet. We submit it next week. So oh, I go to D.C. Week. every month, and uh, I'm going back down to D.C. next uh, next week. I go back to D.C. 
Um, and so at that time, we'll find that we'll find that information out, and I'll gladly come back on to update everybody on that if you'd let, if you'd have me. Um, sure. But uh, you know, we we worked with them. They told us what it takes to do the proposal, and you know, they basically said it could be as simple as just a letter. You just write a letter with your idea on it, and you submit it, and by law, they have to review it. So. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be anything too fancy, but we did do ours, um, you know, in, in the best legal format that, that we were able to do as truck drivers. <laughs> but uh, uh, we did the best we could to, to make it as um, a, as much government language as possible in it. And um, we are passing currently right now up until next week, it's being passed around through various um, small fleet companies. Um, to see if it would cover if which one of those three proposals best suits their company or their driver. Um, so it's being passed around a little bit here uh, for review and hoping to get some signatures to attach to it to submit it because they did say that the more support that a proposal has, the better it is going to the FMCSA. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we found that you know so many different people have so many different ideas, and not that anybody's wrong, but. You know, some people agree with one, some agree with others. And so we basically are submitting three to cover everybody that we've talked to. <laughs> and whichever well, one they last on, I mean, no matter what, it's better than our current situation. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I want to ask you a question. When you go to D.C., um, do you ever talk about the Denim Amendment? Is that an issue that, you know, you, you feel comfortable talking about? Well, it's, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword. <laughs> so we, we, we have talked about it, but what we usually get is somebody just flat out outright doesn't even want to talk to us about it. They, they don't want to give us the time of day to talk to us um, about it. And then other ones will say, well, yeah, we support it or we don't. And they'll have a, a small conversation, but it's been painfully clear that the best way to either show your support or opposition with some of these things is to flat out call that number and just spam them, you know? <laughs> right. Okay. Because I was going to suggest if, you, if you're if you going to D.C. And, and only if you want to, we do have that um, – it's not a pamphlet and it's not exactly a flyer. It's a PDF printout. Yeah, of, I got it. Um, you, you do have it? Because we had yeah. – uh, Michael, Michael's been uh, handing it out in D.C., um, and it's about the denim and, uh, you know, what it does, the repercussions for truckers and the wages, and, and it, it, it pretty much outlines the whole problem of the denim amendment. So you do have a copy of that PDF? Yeah, it got sent to me today by somebody, and I looked it over about, I don't know, two or three hours ago, and I was actually really impressed with it. A good job, whoever... Whoever created that awesome job. It was the first time I saw that flyer. But it, I well, we didn't put our name on it or anything. You know, we just well, did it so that whoever wanted to pass it out, you know, yeah, could no, could I pass like it. it out. Because once you put your name on something, and then people get all weird. Well, I don't want to pass it out if they did it. Right, so because it has to, I know. Yeah. So <laughs> to avoid yeah. all that. Uh, we just made the PDF and explained the denim amendment, and you know we'll post it after the show um, <clears throat> on um, Ask really, Alan's page. 
I really like it. I think it's uh, well done. And um, this month in June for us, this meeting, we have some um, really high-profile meetings set up this month. And I can't mm-hmm. wait to be able to release the details of it. But we have uh, we have a lot going on this month. And I actually, after reviewing it today, I plan on bringing that along. So to add to our packet of goodies. <laughs> so Wonderful. Wonderful. I look really forward to this month's uh, uh, meetings there. You know, last month we were kind of laying. Last month was the first month that we went since April, you know, so May. We went in May, and, and we kind of decided that it was pretty clear that you need to have a constant presence in D.C. to try to get your point across, I guess, because, they, you know, they pretend to take you seriously for that couple days you're in D.C., and then everybody leaves and goes home, and then it's like, yeah, well, at least we're done with them for now. We don't have to worry right. about those guys. You know, they're gone. Well, so what a couple of us have been doing is basically we come back every month. We're coming back every single month, every single month, Good. at least for me and another fella. We are doing it every single month all the way until the 10-4 event, um, and at least the 10-4, and then we'll carry on past that if we need to. But we are, um, you know, using our own money, our own dime. We're not asking for anything. We're not representing anybody, but... You know, just trying to do our part in the industry, really. You know, and, and uh, we're 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 making progress. It's slow and painful, but we are making progress. We've seen some great things. We have uh, a lot of media contacts come out of it. Um, we actually may have an opportunity for a nationwide story to be done on the trucking industry and investigative piece um, that we're working. And so, you know, we are making progress. It is working pretty pretty good. I mean, it's it, it's coming together, but it's a long grueling fight um, but with what all these different groups have been doing and everybody coming together recently exactly. starting to anyways it, it's um, really making a stronger and better stance and you know in the next show here on Gear Jammer we'll be talking 10-4 and I think you'll if you listen in you'll really understand where we're going with the unity piece um, with that 10-4 thing but um, you know it's really important that everybody comes together it doesn't you don't have to agree on everything Right. But the fact is, the fact is, is that you need to still stand together, you know, and, and everybody, it doesn't matter if you, you know, are ELD or me or Monday information or Black Smoke right. Matters or Life on the Roads or, or Trucker Nation or whatever. It doesn't matter. OIDA, none of it matters. It doesn't, it doesn't matter who you were with or who you follow or whatever. The point is, we all need to come together because we all have the same goal, and that's to better our industry. And, and that, until we and that, can bring everybody together, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna get anywhere if we can't get everybody together. So, well, uh, it, it's wonderful to hear all you're doing, and hopefully, Alan will be home, and we can listen to um, Gear Jammer together, because uh, I really want to hear more uh, more about that. Um, for everybody who's listening, I've had a bunch of people jump on the line. If you want to be a part of the show and you're, you've already called in and you're listening online, uh, p- click one on your keypad. It raises your hand so that we know you want to be on the show. Um, and for all those who hopped on the Internet and are listening and you want to be on the show, you can dial in at 347-826-9170. Um, so, okay, we got more people. Uh, that usually happens when you announce it uh, because they come on late. But that's, uh, well, uh, we're really thrilled to know all that you're doing and, and everybody else 
Um, there's a bunch of other people out there who uh, I, I see cross um, from group to group, different people going in different groups and talking, which is a good sign. You know, it's like not like dedicated to the group, but dedicated to the cause. So we're really happy to um, hear all that. Michael, are, do you go with uh, with Brian to D.C. in his group? Uh, or you go by well, yourself? I'm, I'm in D.C. I'm, I'm right. well, I, I am in D.C. So, right. I know. I, I, I always say I'm that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, when he goes, do right. you meet up with them? Um, we had a yeah, we had yeah. I, I did meet up with him in May. Yep. We had a yep. we had Brian a, and his friend. Last yes, month sir. we had our first formal kind of. We did a, a lunch meeting with Michael and uh, had a good conversation to kind of see where we can uh, align ourselves as far as where we can work together and and you know where where our similarities are. Mm-hmm. Well, we sure appreciate him. He's done a lot of research, and I really appreciate Michael. It's been a blessing um, finding you on um, on Facebook. So uh, I can't say enough about that. Uh, uh, did you want to share anything else with us, Brian? Before I get this other caller, I'm going to go ahead and hop off. And I just wanted to say, anybody that has any questions or the ten fourth thing, tune into the next show. I'll be on and. I believe they're giving you the floor of that show. So I'll be on uh, pretty much the entire time, and, and uh, we'll be talking 10-4, um, which is an event uh, that I hope that everybody comes out because as the slogan is, it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about all of us. So that's tune right. in for the other show to uh, to get your information and, and call in and ask any questions you wish. And I want to thank and you that, for having me on. And and Mike, it was <clears> nice <throat> to talk to you. And I hope everybody's doing well out there. Okay, thank you for coming oh. on. Yep. Yeah, I'll for sure be listening, at least. <laughs> okay, Mike. That, that's Skier Jammer for everybody who wants to listen to the that's next right. show. Um, it's also a blog talk radio show. Who's the host over there, Brian? Um, Bonnie. Bonnie. I Hold on, they have different hosts each time, don't they? Well, yeah, wait a minute. Stop. Excuse me. Um, may I get in for a minute? I'm confused by Gear Jammer because the way I understand it, there's like four or five different shows. So you're talking about listening to Ten Four show. I don't even know what day it's on. You okay, see? so I'm confused. I know. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Sorry. This this Go show ahead. is. I don't know the details of their program. I just know that uh, it's Bonnie Cronkright. Um, is they asked me to call in at eight, and they said that I have the floor, and um, I'll be on that show. And they gave me the number. So. Um, and what day is that? Today, eight p.m. tonight. Okay, because I know there's a Tuesday night show that Rob hosts, and I know there's a Friday night show that I've listened to once, but, you know, yeah, have, we don't know what day. Well, 8 p.m. tonight. Right after, okay. right after the show's you. over. Thank you. Yep, right after the show. Concludes, just, we'll I don't do, another, do it regularly. This is just a one-time thing for me, just going on the show, and, and uh, they're, they want to talk 10-4. They want to keep keep it uh, alive and, and spread the word about it. They're They're – supporting it I, apparently and and they would like me to come on to kind of explain the detail what the that's a big 10 four on dc is about and and uh give an opportunity for anybody to come on and ask questions about it so all right well thank you so much for uh calling in and sharing um your efforts uh your advocacy and everything you're doing um 
Yeah, thanks for having me, and I look forward to uh, getting a hold of you with an update after we put in our submittals, our, our proposal for our service, and update everybody on that status and uh, publicly release what, what it was. <laughs> and when you do, so. we can get it up on Ask the Trucker, and we get it out on social media. Okay? Cool. Look forward to it. Thanks for having me. Okay, thank you. Nice. Yep. Uh, okay. Michael, what do you think before I get the next caller? That's a pretty good group. Yes, yes. yes. Like I said, I had the privilege. Um, uh, I, I didn't mention th- thank you for buying me lunch. That was great. Um, wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Appreciate it, Brian. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, let's get, some, let's, get more, let's get some more callers. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm going to open up 209. Area code 209. Who do we have here? Well, that might be me. It's Leanna O'Reilly. Hey, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? Um, good. You I didn't catch your name. Leanna O'Reilly. O'Reilly? Okay. Hi. Oh, advanced. Okay. Okay. And so what, what? I do a I I do a lot of interviewing of truckers. Uh huh. And um, this is uh, might be a little off the subject, but I'm gonna bring it up anyway. We have uh, all the drivers that are on e-logs. Um, I'm I'm interviewing them. They have their headset on, and they're telling me, I've got to hurry, I've got to hurry, I've got to make it, I've got to make it. And you have a whole list and group of people out there that do not, number one, do not go to the bathroom because they're on a, on a timer. Do not right. stop and eat because they're on a timer. Or right. do not uh, basically take a decent break because they're on a timer. Now, they got stuck in a snowstorm in Flagstaff, Arizona. Who could have guessed that? When I hear mm-hmm. these other drivers say, you just need to find the trip better, we need to back up a little bit and look at all of these old school drivers that plan their trick, trips meticulously, even to the point of calling ahead to the shipper to see if there's parking and calling ahead to find out when they can deliver, which brings up detention. Then we have this entire issue of, of these drivers who are very responsible being thrown in with everyone else when someone says, you need to plan your trip better. I mean, the, the, some of the ones I'm talking about right now, they've been driving 30, 40 years. And they are actually not stopping to go to the bathroom. You know, because, because and if they, can take a, if they can take a stop right off the freeway, which is usually like in Kansas, it's one of the right off the freeway ramps, uh, they don't want to take a uh, take an off ramp and go find a station or a truck stop and take another half hour to go to the bathroom. And so this is actually I'm going to take it, bring it on home. This is actually a health hazard. When you take people and you do not allow them to go to the bathroom and to eat a proper meal, I'm not talking about junk food at some truck stop. I'm talking about where you can walk in and sit down and have a meal. Then you are risking their health. And so I am I am big on this about the ELD because none of that is ever brought up. We're only bringing up the dollar sign and make sure they don't cheat. You know, how many of you are aware, I know you are if you're listening, that you can cheat on an ELOG? And so let's not bring up you can't cheat if you're on an ELOG. You can. And so I guess I've been doing this long enough and writing about it long enough that, that I'm here in a whole side of the story that's not even being brought up. Which is their health, mm-hmm. you know. And I so like I, to bring, I, want to, I want to bring it up. Okay. Well, who wants to who wants to uh, jump I would, I would in? Like I mean, I totally agree with you. 
Um, but, you know, who wants to jump in and uh, Hello. Well, there was comment? A, there, was an article in, there was an article in yesterday's business information, I think, or it could have been this morning. My days are jumbled. But um, it was talking about exactly that, about how the rank-and-file truck drivers are talking about how this is screwing up their, their work life and their health. Um, and um, that, that is just now, I think, getting out into the media. Uh, I'm so happy that there's a journalist here. Right. I, write, I write interview on a lot because, because, first of all, trucking is near and dear to my heart. Yes, I did learn to drive. I, can, I learned to drive on a brownie blocks. And I drove a set of bottom dumps, so I'm not I'm not a novice. But by the same token, trucking has been in my family, and I love trucking, and I will defend the trucker to my death if he's doing right. And the e-log has been nothing but a pain for these guys. Um, Hello. I, I actually I actually take this Hello. another step. Yeah, I'm here. Hi, everybody. Good night. Yeah, what this is it? Jerry. Yeah, Donna. Okay. Um, Did somebody Donna? want to make a comment to this? Yes, I would like to make a comment, Donna. This is Jerry. Okay, Jerry. Okay. Uh, by the way, I was a very legal paper logger because I run my own company. I don't ever want to end up in a courtroom having to defend lies. So I logged extremely legal. But here's what I'm finding Trips that I know when I leave from here to Seattle, I know where I'm going to be, this, this, and this. Yeah, I round off my quarter hours here a little bit. But by the way, having gone through the electronic log, it's amazing. At the end of the day, there's hardly 15 minutes difference. But here's what I'm experiencing. As I get towards my last two hours of the day, I'm constantly with a calculator in my hand. Can I make it? Can I make it? The last two hours of every day, of anxiety. Then on top of that, across South Dakota, I like running about 70. To make the schedule that I've been running for years, I am now having to constantly push myself to 75 and more. And that's the speed limit, by the way. So this has put me in a position, and I'm 50-50 with the ELD thing, by the way. But I've said to my wife, the last two hours of every day has gotten to be a nightmare. I used to run a little slower, log a little faster. There is a way of doing it. But I didn't have to run 75. Now I have to run 75 to make the three destinations that I've been doing for years. So, yes, it is wearing on me. Yes. It's very wearing. And I think, I think there are statistics out there that show that, that, you know, mm-hmm. that the companies that run ELDs, uh, are less safe, cause more accidents, more fatal accidents. But but I'm pushing myself now, and I, I don't usually do that. I know how to – I've been at this 52 years, folks. I'm third generation. I know how to plan a trip. Right. I know how to plan a trip. But, but it's how amazing, though. How do you plan a trip? But I am running held, 75 to do it. Well, when you're held but, up at the shivers – for six hours. How do you plan that for your next? I mean, I'm asking right. that, you know. All right, how here's do you do the way it? I go. When I, I run my own company, so I negotiate not only the rates, but the terms. So anytime they want to know when do I delivery, deliver, that depends upon when I got loaded. 
In other words, I know that I can comfortably do 700 miles every 24 hours. Follow closely what I'm saying. I know how to run a schedule. I don't waste time. I don't play games. So when I look at 2,100 miles to Grandview, Washington, once I get loaded, then it's 72 hours to delivery. If they take eight hours to load me, I'm sorry. I don't accept that. But remember, I'm a one-truck operation. I'm not a company driver. So okay, I'm sorry. what is the, the hours to deliver. So, you know, you're an owner-operator. A lot of times, and what I was trying to say before, was a lot of times uh, one of the problems with the ELD now is <clears throat> in order to compensate for the fault of the shippers and receivers detaining mm-hmm. drivers, they run out of hours, then they have to get parking. Now, there is a new conveyance um, guidance, I think. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, there is. Okay, yeah. that's allowing for the parking problem on uh, personal conveyance. But prior to that, and when I don't even know when it goes into effect. Um, I, I briefly, I, you know, I have to ask Alan when he gets in uh, when it's going to take. Or unless, does anybody know when this personal conveyance thing takes effect? I believe that I believe that's an FMCSA regulation that is. I don't know under consideration. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's a regulatory it was, thing. It's not a legal thing. Yeah, it's a uh, so, interpretation, so to say. Okay, right. so it was already there, and now they just put a guidance on it. Is that well, how it is? Well, they they've added they've added to it. Now you can be laden. Used to be, you can only do it if you're unladen. Right. Uh, now you can actually be in direction, in the direction of the load. They've modified it quite a bit. So as far as the problem of, I just had it the other night right over here in Searcy, Arkansas, at Walmart. I was at my 15th hour. No problem. I went to personal conveyance, went to the truck stop, took 10 hours off, and used personal conveyance to come 130 miles home. Okay. So that could solve the number of parking places problem. Because it's really exacerbating the truck parking problem, people running out of hours. And what they used to do, that's why I was trying to say before, people fudge logs in the past not Mm -hmm. just for wages, although, you know, if drivers were paid enough, they probably wouldn't be under the stress they are to get the miles that they need to just, you know, have a a decent Mm -hmm. paycheck. But they did it. It, because of the way the system and the industry has allowed this to go on with shippers and receivers holding up drivers, eating their hours, not allowing them a bathroom to go to, and then telling them, too bad if you're out of hours, you're on your way. Okay? So, so that's another reason that drivers had to fudge their books. Pre-deregulation, Donna. I ran a log book that was so 100% accurate, most people wouldn't believe it today. And by the way, it wasn't my choice. It was the carrier's choice, but we were under a union contract. We got mm-hmm. paid very well for our miles. And we got paid for 100% of our, our non-driving time, loading, unloading, waiting time, weather time. Everything got paid for. And by the way, in 1982... I'm first man in the seniority list, 
for the eighth largest care in the nation here in Memphis. I'm making almost $54,000 a year, 1982, home every other day, wear a shirt and tie when I go to work. My best friend was bonded aboard. He was making 42. And it wasn't FMCA or ICC. We had a contract that provided very well for us and carriers. I mean, when I punched out of Memphis here going to Oklahoma City, Seven in the morning, that had better be nine o'clock on my logbook. If I punched out at nine oh eight, it better need nine fifteen, or I got a warning letter where I could be fired for falsification of logs. So, so the when whole was thing it, went away. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to ask you. So when was it? Um, earlier in the show, you said you had two logbooks. Was that at a different job? All right, then. All right. <laughs> I under well I really now watch this. Why is the same person right? Good question, Don. I'm glad you asked it. Why is the same person that knew how to log one hundred percent of the time was making fifty four thousand a year in nineteen eighty two within right. thirty days is a master of two log books owning hundred and eighty thousand dollars worth of equipment, working a hundred hours a week to earn 40000 a year. Mm-hmm. Same person. Two logbooks. Because I knew what a really legal logbook looked like. But I understand the economic reality. We'd lost the unions. We knew that everything was going to predatory pricing. So I said, hey, you've got to do like a lot of others have been doing and learn to be one hell of a good outlaw. Mm-hmm. And I knew how to do it, Donna because I've been around the business all my life. That is a very good question. I was the person that, and it wasn't my choice, the companies forced it on you. If I got to West Memphis, Arkansas due to weather or something like that or a breakdown and I was out of hours, I couldn't come the last 15 minutes of the terminal. I had to call in. They'd send another driver over to drive my truck in, and I'd have to ride in a pickup truck. It was that legal. Inside of 30 days when I became an owner-operator, I've become one of the best outlaws in the business and never got caught for illegal logging. And why did I do that? And, and to this day, Donna, I'm 72 years old. I had to go into the survival mode. Mm-hmm. I knew the industry it was going to go down, so I had to put myself in a survival mode for the next 40 years. So the so bottom I'm a line very, to that story. Very, very good survivor. The, the moral to that story is, if drivers are paid their wages the way they should be, they are not forced right. into this type of behavior. And, Correct. And Let you me throw this need, in here, Donna. You, to this day, you wouldn't need the, the day, rest break. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wouldn't right. need this this new rest break. Uh, what is right. it? Fifty four seventeen. Uh, yeah. adding another three hours to your day because no. you would just take time off to to rest when you need it. There is nothing that says when a driver is tired that they have to keep driving. They can stop, pull off, and take a nap. The reason they don't is because they're on uh, pressure scheduled for a delivery or they can't afford to stop because of their wages. They have to get as many hours as they can. So, you know, right. it, 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 
Pat's right. It all it all comes down to wages. Yeah. Um, and remember, well, I Donna, have another, I said about I, being in survival about being in a survival yeah. mode. I'll end it here. To this day, and I'm going to reveal something here. To this day, even according to the study that was done by Martin Lab and Associates, that was paid for by the ATA. There's about 40 hours a week out here where we're on the job, waiting, loading, unloading, and everything. That's right. In addition to the 90 hours a week that we're driving, watch this. So here I am. I admitted to putting myself in the survival mode. I'm opening up, folks. I put myself in the survival mode, and I did it. So now I work 100 to 120 hours a week. I own $200,000 worth of equipment instead of being a company driver, and I net 65000 a year. Remember, as a company driver owning nothing in 1982, home every other day, a motel at the end of every 10 hours, by the way, I was earning almost 54000 a year. So even my survival mode is a tragic story, really. Well, it, it mm-hmm. all comes down to cheap labor is cheap rate, uh, freight rates. Um, I'll leave you open. Everybody's open. Uh, I'm going uh, to pick up this. Yes, go ahead. Say one, I just want to say one thing here. Uh, there is nobody else that I know of that's asked to show up at a shipper at 8 a.m., not loaded until noon or later, and then, and then being told that, oh, we only owe you from noon. We don't owe you from 8 a.m. What other comp- what other person goes to work at 8 a.m. and is told, "Oh, I don't know you right now. Go back to go back to your no desk, one. and I'll call you. At, I'll call you at noon." And then they call you at noon and say, "Hey, we only owe you from noon. You've been on their clock for, from 8 to noon. They owe you for all of it." And detention. What's happening with some of those companies is the drivers saying, "Yes, I was there at 6 a.m. and I got loaded, and this is what happened." And, and start to get loaded, and this is what happened. And then the company, they're calling back to their company and saying, no, no, that guy didn't get here till 10 or 11. The actual company, the shipper receiver, is actually lying about what the truck driver is actually doing. And these but are, the ELD these are should, like, should stamp that. The ELD will say good. that he was there at 8. Right. And, but, but here yep, you, and you're right. You brought, up, you brought up restrooms. Uh, out here, I'm in California. I'm actually near Jeff Denham, and I'm not very fond of him, so we won't go there. But the point, the point being is some of these drivers up here in Northern California, they're going into big warehouses, and they're having to wait two and three and four hours. And when they walk up to ask to use the restroom, they're being told, I quote, we have no restrooms for truckers. Now, all right. that stuff is wrong. It's, so of course we, it's wrong. I'm writing articles about this, and I post them on, on Patriots Avenue or wherever. I, I, I'm on several sites, but I post them on there when I get them done. But the point being is I, I need to hear everybody's grievances so that I can write about them so the public, including my own family and all those extended in the neighborhood we're in, know about trucking, the truth about trucking, is that yes. there are actually old-school drivers and even young old school drivers, the likes of Tony Justice and some of them, that actually do a good job with what with their job. And when people say to me about trucks on the freeway, they did this to me and they did that to me, I say, are you even aware that trucks can't even get to the third lane? They can only ride in the first and second lane, and there you are hogging the second lane. 
just all of these different little innuendo laws that, that your general, your mother and your father, your sister, your cousin, your aunt, your neighbor, nobody knows about. And I'm trying to get it out in my neighborhood, and I ask that all of you get it out in your neighborhood. We should have 20 questions at least on our DMV for just the, for the regular license that says what a trucker can do and has to do and has to put up with with, with all of the public and they shouldn't be able to even get their license unless they can tell you something about how truckers operate. I'm pretty adamant about the whole trucking industry because these boys are getting and girls are getting taken to the cleaners and nobody's speaking for them. Have you called up uh, your representatives and, and displayed this? I called, I've called all of them out here. We have a real choice crowd of them, you know, Right, right. Did you no call up? I'm just curious. Uh, are you going to call up about the denim I, amendment? I, I will do it. I will do it again. I've already called. I've called. I've called all of them several times. Okay. Yes, I will. I <laughs> well, will we 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 appreciate you. I took your number down because I have it over here. I'm gonna I'm gonna call you. Yeah, um, yeah go ahead with your show. I'm, I'll bow out. Oh no! You, you, we we just appreciate your pat, and this is what this show's about tonight—the passion that's going on, not just within the industry and the drivers and the groups, but people outside of the industry, like Michael and the people he's bringing in, and his, his going to D.C. and everything. So I well, mean, I have, you know, I have in my family. I have. It's not just you know. I, I write and I do journaling, but my sister and her husband drive a Pete three seventy nine cross country. I have personal friends with. I would. I don't have to name the brand, but that you know, they're long haul is what I'm trying to say. Right. And so, and here's what they do. Just so you know, we call them solar panel drivers. The ones that get off at two and three and park in the truck stops and hog all the truck stops. And then when my long haul overnight drivers, night runners, I call them get get uh, come in at six in the morning or seven in the morning they have a place to park if you have that kind of a plan going that's good but not everybody likes running at night right, right. donna donna you have my permission to give her. would you please give her my phone number i have plenty sure. of time for another month you i've got some really good history okay uh, yeah I, I don't know how to. I'm not set up right um, well, now. I'm to gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll take yeah, care Donna, of it. You, um, I, I have you both your numbers yeah. uh, right. on the switchboard, so I can see. I want to pick up this yeah. other caller. We we don't have Go much ahead. time left. I'll leave Thank your you. line open, and um, I'm going to pick up area code. Area code 630. Who do we have here? Hi, Don. It's Bob Stanton. I'll just hey, make Bob. three quick points. The Go personal ahead. conveyance. Okay, personal conveyance was revisions to guidance. It was released Thursday. It took effect on Thursday, and that is per Joe DiLorenzo with FMCSA. That was one of the questions raised in the reporter's conference call about the new guidance. Okay, the second point is um, 5417, the pause bill, and mm-hmm. the personal conveyance guidance revisions has put company drivers who work for companies with forced dispatch in a pretty interesting trick bag in that mm-hmm. if we don't use personal conveyance or if the pause bill goes through, we can be looking at 
being required, not by regulation, but by company policy, to be working some 17 and 18 hour days. That's so there exactly are right. trade-offs. To, there's trade-offs to the flexibility. On the restroom issue, um, everyone should be aware that OSHA has a regulation that requires employers to make um, restrooms available to all workers. There's an exemption for mobile workers if you are able to leave the work site and seek a restroom. But when it's a driver who is doing a live load or unload and cannot leave the property, it would be appropriate for drivers to file a complaint with OSHA. My carrier has begun a policy. Every time we get one of those no bathrooms ones, our carrier is now saying no restrooms, no freight. They refuse to service the customer because the carrier would have to put a porta potty out there for us. Okay. Uh, That's very interesting, and I don't think a lot of people know that. That's interesting. But Mm -hmm. OSHA, since I'm driving, I can't look it up, but there is a, a requirement in OSHA that all workers must be provided access to a restroom. It defines how many, you know, running water, hand washing, and the whole bit. But you'll also find, you know, if it's a food-grade processing place, the state health department and the FDA will get involved. Um, and all, a couple of them that I've complained on, the local zoning will also get involved with it. So you, you need to, each one needs to be found was- one, one place at a time. Okay, what was the 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 um, exemption, if you will, for lack of a better word? You said that they don't have to if they're mobile, but if they're okay, mo- there must be running water restrooms for all workers. An right. exemption to that requirement would be mobile workers who are able to leave the job site and seek access to a restroom. Okay, got so you. the okay. problem would be for a truck driver, when you are loading or unloading, you are no longer meeting the mobile, mobile worker exemption. So technically, your carrier is responsible to provide you a restroom, i.e., they would have had to have put a porta potty in place before you got there. Now, most carriers don't want to do that. So what they will do is just tell the shipper or receiver, either you fix the problem or we'll no longer deliver to you. Okay. Well, but they won't do that, Bob. A lot of them won't. They'll just, you know, go along with the program well, to the get car- the business. The carrier I work for, and in fact, my my position in advocacy is if your carrier doesn't respect you enough to refuse to do business with customers that won't let you use the bathroom, Find a new carrier. There's enough of them out there that will boat with your feet. Okay. And, Michael, did you hear about that? Nope. Nope. I'm not educated on that at all. Okay. That's the first time I've ever heard that. That's interesting. That is. And I think if more drivers knew that, then they would be more inclined to demand it. But, see, they, they don't ask what they think they don't have the rights to. Again, I've been posting. I've been posting this in LinkedIn and Facebook on a regular basis. 
Um, and again, I don't since I'm driving, I don't have the specific reg, but all you have to do is Google OSHA restrooms, and it should bring this chapter and section up. Okay, well, I'll do we that. appreciate that. Did you know that? Um, um, I, oh, boy, well, I forgot. You know, your, Liana, is it? Liana. Liana. Liana, L-E-A-N-A. Liana. Um, I, you know, honestly, Donna, by just by by manners and human rights and uh, kindness and consideration and all the things we all I grew up with, you should offer your restroom to somebody that's been on the road four hours. Sure. You know, I mean, it's, you, it's just, just human decency. If they don't want them in the main part, or if they have issues with them, just make a separate part and just say, truckers, have the restroom there. You know, but but I I, the, the, I talk to these drivers all the time, and they're getting in places like Houston at midnight or three in the morning. You know, and and the last time they were there, they ran into a security guard, and the secu- this is another story, but it'll it'll go right along that vein. They did need a restroom, but the, she said, "I have a restroom for me, but not for you." Oh, and, and I've heard stories like that. And the other the other flip side to that was he he's unloading on this there's no fences around it he's unloading on this property early in the morning he's there in the middle early early hours of the morning before they open and she says you can't park here and he said smart man old school he said I have your property on my truck that's going to your address which is here and he said yes I can park here so you, you got all this kind of stuff that these girls and boys men and women have to put up with you know and and here they are at the end of a long shift driving cross country they finally get to get back in their bunk all they want to do is wash their face use the rest and get something to eat and go to bed right. and they got to put right. up stuff on the end of it like you know you're less than subhuman you know I'm and sorry, then they no wonder why there's a driver shortage because the oh, new well, drivers coming right in now. don't last six months okay once they see all this and the ones coming into the industry, now that there's social media, they hear about these stories and being on the road, being paid 28 cents a mile, coming home with, you know, maybe three, $400 plus being abused. And then they wonder why there's a driver shortage. So now they're trying to get 18-year-olds in on it. So that 18 they're, to 21, well, they're saying because you were in the service, and I'm, I'm in on that too, because you were in the service, you're getting out of the service, you've already learned how to drive a truck. Uh, I'm not sure about 3,000 miles across country in a long haul truck with a load that they haven't hauled on in the military. Right. You know. Well, but, listen, but my I'm going to try to get. I'm going to try to squeeze in one more caller yeah, here before I believe your line open. Area code five seven zero. Who do we have here? Hi, uh, Tom Yako. Hey, Tom. Tony. Tom. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, uh, I just have a quick, quick thing here. I'm not going to take long. Uh, it's about when I call my representatives. Mm-hmm. I, I live in Pennsylvania, and uh, I live in District 9. We have 18 districts. We have two districts that we don't have representatives in. But what I do is I have a zip code along with the district that uh, that matches up with the district. And... Mm-hmm. I call I call every district. I just dial in the, the uh, zip code for that district, and then I get to talk to all of my representatives in the state instead of just five for District 9. So if anybody would figure that out. Uh, Michael, take it. 
<laughs> well, uh, it's interesting to say District 9 because I think Pennsylvania, right, um, you, you have a, a current congressman, right, um, that uh, is sitting right now that can affect legislation that's happening right now. Um, but Pennsylvania is also being redistricted for the next election, right? So, um, but there are people, yeah, um, there are people running on both sides of the aisle, right? There are Democrats, Republicans running. I don't know if Pennsylvania's had a primary yet, um, but you can call, you can call both sides of the aisle, right? Um, in addition to your sitting congressman, you can also call the campaigns of whoever's running in your district and tell them how you feel about this stuff. And let it, let, yeah, let, but my let point, my point is, I just, my point is, I just I, don't call the one in my district. Point. I make sure I call yeah, all. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I'm not officially going to condone misrepresenting yourself, but I appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do the same thing though. I mean, and nobody says anything. So, uh, I mean, I've, I haven't. I've even called other states. Um, the people in you know the Congress people in different states, senators in different states, mm-hmm. and uh, you know complain. I just get online and I don't call the 202 number. I get online to the link that we supply for senators and congressmen. Okay, and once right. you call that mm-hmm. number direct, and you don't have to go through the 202 number where they ask you for your um, zip code, right? Then you can talk to any of them, and I mean nobody's ever asked me. So where are you from? Yeah, it's right. not. It's not right. You know, I don't limit myself to just talking to the one. I, I try and get them all. Right, and we appreciate that. You're awesome. <laughs> so, so, so. Um, <laughs> all right. So, so, Mr. Uh, Mr. I'm, I'm going to get out of here, Mr. Then, well, yes. Uh, one quick thing. So you do know that Mr. Schuster, right? That Schuster is oh, from Pennsylvania. He's the, he's the head of the House Transportation. He's the head of the House Transportation. Yeah, I'd like committee. to kick him in his transportation. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Just make sure you know. Right. Yeah. Hey, hey, Donna. Donna, yeah. can I make uh, a one quick other, remark One other here? thing. Go ahead. Uh, I forgot Tom. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, one other thing. I was in the Air Force from 1979 to 1983. I got my CDL when I got out of the Air Force. All right. I used to fuel uh, airplanes. I was in the Air Force. Now, um, all of our guys down there were – we drove on the flight line. All right, we couldn't drive any more than five mile an hour on the flight line, and we couldn't drive any more than 25 mile an hour down to the storage unit to fill our trucks back up with JP-4. So that in no way made me – prepared for going out and pulling a trailer around 3,000 miles down the road. But, yeah, that's just something to think about, too. You know, I agree with you. I don't know what else to add to that. (laughs) Hey, Donna, may I make a a quick – Hey, Donna, this is Jerry. We're running late. Okay, yeah, you're running late. You know all the discussion here tonight. I'll be home for another month or so. I would like to have a Saturday evening where I can prove very well to Michael and many others that the truck load model that does not work for employees in 10 years, the LTL carriers will dominate the whole trucking industry. The truck load model cannot work because it's so, uh, it's so contrary with the basic human needs of human beings. In the marketplace now, and if you'll allow me next week or whenever you want to do it, I'll prove to you 
how the freight rates skyrocketing now will return the truckload freight to what we call the LTL carriers. They're common carriers because all the employee problems that we're talking about tonight do not occur with the hub and spoke LTL carriers. In 10 years, the truck in 10 years the truckload industry will have given back the truckload freight to the hub and spoke operations. Let's have a meeting on it. I'll prove. Yeah, it. be a good show, Jerry. I the think signs are there. Pat. I don't see him up here okay. anymore. Yeah. Um, the, the, anyway, we're the signs kinda... are there. In fact, the LTL carriers, all the big five major LTL carriers, are now brokering truckload freight. They're back in the truckload market. They're inching their way in. I haul for every one of them. I just hauled my first mm-hmm. Old Dominion load. So let's mm-hmm. have a meeting now. I'll I'll show something out here. Others might find it interesting. Let's see if Jerry's right or wrong. I can I can take it to almost ninety cent percent proof that the truck load model has peaked. Okay. It cannot be sustained. It cannot well, be well, sustained. Well, let's talk about I've, this I've, um after yeah. the show. I've, yeah. I yeah. I think we're gonna be okay. we should be doing having another uh another um, ask the trucker um soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's bring Alan in on this so he can comment better on these yeah. uh, uh, yeah. actual <laughs> truck driver. <laughs> I do the best I can with the research I do, but um, okay. I'm, I'm just checking the board. Hold on, I want to see if there's any more hands up. Mm-hmm. I don't see any more hands up. Yeah. Uh, I want. I don't want to miss anybody. I think I got Press everybody. Press one if you want to talk now. Yeah, right. Y- Last yeah, if last you, call, if call. you've got one more minute, and we're going to wind down. Uh, but you can press one on your keypad. Last, qu- any last questions? Okay, doesn't look like it. All right, um, I want to thank everybody, Michael. I want to thank you so much, uh, not just for uh, helping me co-host tonight, but for all you're doing and for bringing more people in. I also, um, I, I'm just so happy that you know, the uh, level of enthusiasm that that's going on for people who are really trying to make a difference. I want to make a, a – I didn't get anybody from the ELD group. Uh, Tony Justice said that he was going to have somebody call in. He couldn't make it tonight, truckernation.org. So I want to read a little thing uh, that I put together for them. Tony's a great friend of ours um, from the ELD or me group and truckernation.org. We've known him since 2011 when we did our uh, first truck driver social media convention. We had two of them. Um, He was introduced to us by David Ayers and Barry Allen, and he was the entertainment um, at our convention. And now he's a famous singer-songwriter, but he's very proactive as a a driver advocate. And his latest website is truckernation.org. I strongly recommend everybody go to truckernation.org. There's a lot of research that went into that website. Anything you want to know about an ELD is on there. And um, we just wish him the, the best at everything he does. He's, he's not just a, a great singer. And I'm going to play a song after um, I get through all this that, that he did. One of my, actually, it's my favorite song that he did, and he's done a bunch of them. 
But anyway, um, to go over to truckernation.org uh, and, and take a look over there, anything you don't uh, you want to know, it's there. And their mission statement is where uh, it's a one-stop shop where truckers can become better educated, engaged, and efficient in understanding relevant industry matters, no matter your age, race, gender, ethnicity, or affiliation. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I have a problem with that word. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I just wanted to say that because he it looks like they weren't able to call in tonight. I also want to give a shout-out just real quick. North American Punjabi Trucking Association, uh, very strong truck driver advocates, and they are the Sikhs who control about 40% of trucking in California. And let me tell you something. You want to talk about passion? These guys have passion, okay? And um, who else? I'm just, I just don't want to miss anybody. Okay, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Michael, uh, for all you do and for helping me tonight. And I just it's want to. It's been a privilege. To, oh yeah, well we'll we'll do it again. And I'm gonna. All right, I'm gonna close. I'm gonna do a little closing, but I want everybody to hang on and. And listen to Brothers of the Highway. This is Tony Justice, who I was just talking about. Diamonds on the windshield, his heaven starts to cry. And in his rearview mirror, his angel waves goodbye. She knows he's gonna go. She knows he's one of them Brothers of the highway Children of the wind That Detroit diesel fired ship Goes blowing out again Selling toward the setting sun Freedom's their best friend Brothers of the highway Children of the wind I'll bring it on in there Put the pedal to the metal Try it out or run the rank Another shot of truck stop coffee As I'm running through his veins This world turns on 18 wheels Thank God we can depend On brothers of the highway Children of the wind That Detroit diesel fire ship Goes blowing out again Freedom's their best friend Brothers of the highway Children of the wind Carolina West Denver, Baton Rouge East of Pittsburgh Portland, South San Diego Sail on, sail on Tallahassee, North to Boston Up to Bangor West Austin, coast to coast Oh,
listening to Ask the Trucker Live with Alan Smith. On behalf of Alan and Donna Smith, AskTheTrucker.com, TruckingSocialMedia.com, NorthAmericanTruckingAlerts.com, BlogTalkRadio, and Ask the Trucker Live. I'm J. Michael Collins. Until next time, drive safe and thanks for listening. Good night. Good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.